Hey, when you came in tonight, you should have got a piece of paper. Everybody got a piece of paper? Let me see your piece of paper. If you didn't get a piece of paper, raise your hand. If anybody needs one, we got people that'll pass them out to you. Everybody needs a sheet of paper. We're all going to participate in this exercise to start the night off with. You need a sheet of paper. You need a pen. So if you don't have one, find one next to you. Borrow one from somebody here in just a moment. We're going to start off tonight with a simple participatory exercise. I say it's simple. We're going to find out how simple it is here in just a moment. Here is your task. You're going to take that sheet of paper. You're going to take your pen, pencil, marker, whatever it is that you got. You're going to hold that sheet of paper straight out in front of you. And as best as you possibly can, free-handed, you're going to draw the most perfect circle that you can. You cannot push it down on your Bible. You can't use the back in front of you. You've got to hold that paper straight out in front, and you've got to draw the best circle that you can free-handed. And you only get one attempt. You can't try to get on the back if it's terrible, if it doesn't work out. You get one attempt at this. Get those circles drawn as ugly as they may be. Once you get it done, you can put it back down in your lap, put it under your chair, whatever you want to do for a few moments. Everybody got their circles drawn? Thumbs up if you got your circle drawn. Thumbs up if your circle's terrible. All right, let's go to Genesis chapter 45. This will be the final installment of our journey with Joseph. Everybody say, oh. Our time with Joseph is coming to an end, man. What a ride it's been with this guy. The highs, the lows, the good times, the bad times, the pits, the prisons, the palaces. We've seen it all with Joseph over the past four weeks. We've seen his character, but we've also seen God's sovereignty. It's reminded me of a lot, but it's also taught me a lot as well. And I hope it has for you guys also. So many moments where we have seen God turn things around for Joseph. We've seen him give him success and slavery. We've seen God make him prosperous in prison. We've seen him take his dreams and turn them into realities. We've seen him take his hurt, move him into a place of healing. Man, God, our God really is a God of a turnaround. Sovereignly at work at every single detail of our lives. And for Joseph, all this is going to culminate in one grand realization of what God really has done in his life. And that's where we're going to pick back up in the narrative one last time. Genesis chapter 45. We're going to pick up where we left off last time in verse 7. Remember, his brothers have shown back up. The famine is in the land. He's helped taking care of them. He's revealed his true identity to them. They've had a big family makeup and cry session and all that. And in verse 7, Joseph continues talking to his brothers, and he said, God sent me before you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to keep alive for you many survivors. So it was not God, so it was not you who sent me here, but God. He has made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord over all his house and ruler over all the land of Egypt. 
Hurry and go up to my father and say to him, Thus says your son Joseph, God has made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down to me and do not tarry. You shall dwell in the land of Goshen, and you shall be near to me, you and your children and your children's children and your flocks, your herds, and all that you have. There I will provide for you. For there are yet five years of famine to come, so that you and your household and all that you have do not come to poverty. And now your eyes see, and the eyes of my brother Benjamin see, that it is my mouth that speaks to you. You must tell my father of all my honor in Egypt and of all that you have seen. Hurry and bring my father down here. Then he fell upon his brother Benjamin's neck and wept, and Benjamin wept upon his neck, and he kissed all his brothers and wept upon them, and after that his brothers talked with him. When a report was heard in Pharaoh's house, Joseph's brothers has come. It pleased Pharaoh and his servants. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, Say to your brothers, do this. Load your beasts and go back to the land of Canaan and take your father and your households and come to me, and I will give you the best of the land of Egypt, and you shall eat the fat of the land. And you, Joseph, are commanded to say, Do this. Take wagons from the land of Egypt for your little ones and for your wives, and bring your father and come. Have no concern for your goods, for the best of all the land of Egypt is yours. And the sons of Israel did so, and Joseph gave them wagons according to the command of Pharaoh, and gave them provisions for the journey. To each, of, to each and all of them he gave a change of clothes, but to Benjamin he gave 300 shekels of silver and five changes of clothes. To his father he sent as follows, ten donkeys loaded with the good things of Egypt, and ten female donkeys loaded with grain, bread, and provision for his father on the journey. Then he sent his brothers away, and as they departed, he said to them, Do not quarrel on the way. So they went up out of Egypt and came to the land of Canaan to their father Jacob, and they told him, Joseph is still alive, and he is ruler over all the land of Egypt. And his heart became numb, for he did not believe them. But when they told him all the words of Joseph, which he had said to them, and when he saw the wagons that Joseph had sent to carry him, the spirit of their father Jacob revived. And Israel said, It is enough. Joseph, my son, is still alive. I will go and see him before I die. Now we're going to skip over to chapter 47. We're only going to grab a couple of verses there. So Joseph has sent his brothers back. He says, Go back and get mom and dad, the rest of the family, all of your kids. You guys come back here. You're going to live in the land of Egypt because the famine still has five more years before it's going to be over with. Let's stop all this going back and forth. You guys move here, and I will make sure that you were taken care of. Even Pharaoh, when he finds out that Joseph's brothers have showed up and said, man, go get your family. Tell them to come live here. I'll give them the best portions of the land. So send word and bring them back. And so Joseph's brothers go back. They pick up dad, and they're on their way back. In chapter 47, we're going to just grab a couple of verses. Verse 27 says this, Thus Israel settled in the land of Egypt, in the land of Goshen, and they gained possessions in it and were fruitful and multiplied greatly. And Jacob lived in the land of Egypt 17 years. So the days of Jacob and the years of his life were 147 years. So Jacob and all of his family, all of Joseph's family, they make the move into Egypt. And they live there. They live out the rest of Jacob's days. While they're there, Jacob eventually dies. And then in chapter 50, which is where we're going next, Jacob has passed away. Joseph's father and his brothers kind of get concerned again. They think now that dad's gone, maybe, maybe Joseph's going to exact his revenge now. Maybe he's been plotting it, holding it back this entire time. And now the death of dad is going to be too much. He's finally going to pour out his wrath and, and exact his revenge on us. So they kind of get worried that Joseph's going to get his get back right here. And so they come before Joseph after dad has died and they have a conversation. And this is what transpires in chapter 50, verse 15. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, It may be that Joseph will hate us 
pay us back for all the evil that we did to him. So they sent a message to Joseph saying, your father gave this command before he died. Say to Joseph, please forgive the transgression of your brothers and their sin because they did evil to you. And now please forgive the transgression of the servants of the God of your father. Joseph wept when they spoke to him. His brothers also came and fell down before him and said, behold, we are your servants. But Joseph said to them, do not fear for I in the place of God. As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. So do not fear. I will provide for you and your little ones. Thus he comforted them, spoke kindly to them. I want us to look at a full circle moment together tonight. Because at the end of all this, that's exactly what Joseph has. Things have come full circle for him at this point in ways that I'm sure that he never imagined they would or that they even could have. The famine that God had warned was coming was entering into its most severe state over these next several years. And Joseph has found himself in a unique position to be able to save not just his life, but the lives of his family members. He's reconciled with his brothers. He's told them to go back, get mom and dad, get the kids, get the grandkids, everybody that's included, and move everybody back here. We even saw Pharaoh get in on it, and he all but commands Joseph's family to come and live there. And so all of them do make the move. As a matter of fact, in chapter 47, I'll give you a little tidbit of information. In chapter 47, we see that all of them made the move, and all of them in total numbered 70 people. So all 70 of Joseph's family members make the move to Egypt. And so in the process of all this, Joseph's faced his brothers, the families moving, the time that they're going to live together in the land of Egypt with one another. His dad ends up passing. All this begins to transpire and takes place over the next five chapters, from 45 to 50, all that stuff takes place. There's a lot of movement. There's a lot of transition. There's a lot of things that are happening. But in the midst of all that, when we get towards the end, we get to see what Joseph has come to understand about his life. I just keep in mind that arriving at this moment and arriving at this realization, it wasn't an easy thing for him. So here's my prayer. It's that we might have a full circle moment of our own tonight. One in which we collide with the beautiful reality of God's plans and purposes being executed through his sovereign oversight of our lives, even if we must endure, face, and walk through immense trial, tragedy, adversity, and anguish to see it. A full circle moment. When I look at these last five chapters that were given a snapshot into Joseph's life, I see two major realizations that he had at the end of it all. I'm going to show you what those two realizations are tonight in the hopes that maybe we'll come to the same. The first one is this, is that Joseph realized that there was sovereignty within the situations. In these moments, as Joseph reflects on all that has transpired, all that has taken place in his life, he shows that he's realized the totality of God's sovereignty, regardless of whatever situation he found himself in. 
And at the very beginning in chapter 45, as he's speaking with his brothers, we get the sense that he's trying to relieve them of any guilt that they, that they felt from what they had done. So in verse 4, he says, come near to me, please. And they came near and he said, I'm your brother Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. Now do not be distressed or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. So at the end of all this, as Joseph reflects on what's taking place and what his brothers have done to him, he says, I don't want y'all to be upset. Don't be distressed. Don't be angry. Don't, don't hold any guilt or shame over what you have done. It's all gone. It's over with. It's been forgiven. I don't want you guys carrying that guilt. Don't let that hold you hostage anymore. Why? Because listen to what he says, for God sent me before you. I know you sold me into Egyptian slavery, but don't worry. It was actually God who sent me before you. The realization for Joseph was this, was that God's sovereignty has shown me that, yes, you sold me, but he sent me. That's sovereignty. Understanding the sovereignty of God is the realization that in this situation where you did this one thing to me, God actually turned around and did that one thing for me. There's a big difference in understanding the situations of our life and looking at them as things that happen to us instead of things that God does for us. Joseph came to that realization, you did this to me, but God has done this for me. And as a matter of fact, it went even farther beyond that. Not just for me, but for you as well. Why? So that many lives, including your lives, can be preserved as a part of the process on top of that, Joseph, I think, would have said, I've seen his sovereign hands at work ever since. It, it didn't just start. At that day, y'all sold me into slavery. I've seen his sovereignty at work in my life ever since. When I went into Potiphar's house, he gave me success as a slave. When his wife falsely accused me of being inappropriate with her and Potiphar threw me into prison, God made me prosperous in the prison. I saw, his pro I saw his sovereignty in his house. I saw his sovereignty in the prison. On top of that, when God finally brought me out of that place, even though I stayed there a lot longer than I really would have intended or liked to, when God brought me out of that place, he put me in Pharaoh's house. He gave me favor when I was there. That's a sovereign hand of God. And I've seen it at work all over my life. So yes, bros, hey, when you did that thing to me, you sold me into slavery at the time it hurt. At that time, I couldn't understand it. At that time, I really began to wonder, okay, God, what are you doing? But now I see that he was in control of it all along, and it was way bigger than anything I knew that was taking place. Now, I want you to have an understanding of what sovereignty really is. So here it is. You want a definition of sovereignty, of God's sovereignty? It's quite simply this. It is the power, wisdom, and authority that he has to do whatever he chooses within his creation. That's his sovereignty. The power, wisdom, and authority to do whatever he chooses with his creation. God's sovereign hands were all over Joseph's situations at each and every turn. And listen to me, in the same sense, God's sovereignty is within your situations as well. How many of you would be willing to admit you brought some situations in this room tonight? We all got situations. God's sovereign hands are all over those situations. Whether you have yet to see it or not does not negate the truth of the reality of it. Regardless of how chaotic or strange or unfair or unjust things may seem to be, 
His sovereignty is still at work in those situations. I get it. I know. That's one of those truths that's easier said than believed. I get that. I understand that fully. So don't come up to me after, but like, man, Trey, you talk about God's sovereign over all this stuff, and man, I'm going through this, this, and this. I've seen this, this, and this. How in the world can you say that? And, and I know, I get it, 100%. I know it's a lot easier said than believe that God has a plan or a purpose behind an abuse. I know it's a lot easier said than believe that God has a plan or a purpose behind parents divorcing or families dividing or an injury that you didn't see coming, or the tragic loss of a loved one, or a diagnosis that came out of nowhere. But that's one reason why he gave us Joseph's story, is so that we can see it is still true. Yes, I get, you would have pulled Joseph aside at a certain time in his life and said, Joseph, man, God, hey, I know you're in this prison. I know your brother sold you into slavery. I know you're homesick. I know your reputation's been ruined. But God's sovereign. he got a plan and purpose for your life. Joseph would have been like, that sounds good on paper, man, but I ain't seeing it. I ain't feeling it. It ain't come to pass yet. But it did. Did you hear me? It did. And even though you may look at these situations like, God, how in the world? You got a purpose in this? You got a plan in this? You're sovereignly over this thing? How? How can, how can anything about this turn into anything good? That's why he says, that's why I've given you Joseph's story. So you can trust and know that even though you haven't seen it or found it yet, doesn't mean that it's not going to show up at some point. There's control behind the chaos. There is purpose in your places. Here's what we have to know. Because how many of you know your situations can be difficult? What we have to know is that he didn't cause it, but he will put cause in it. How do I know that? Well, how do I know the answer to any of the tough life's questions that I face? Because Romans 8.28 says that we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. Everybody say good. All things work together for good. Listen, for those who are called according to his purpose. If you are a born again child of God, all things in your life work for good, regardless of how chaotic or out of control or crazy or unfair or unjust or hard or difficult or tragic they may seem in the moment it is going to somehow be turned around for your good if you trust God through it. That's not something I'm just sitting here telling you tonight because it sounds good. It's a promise of God's word. He works it together for your Good. It's how Joseph was able to say to his brothers, God turned your selling into my sending. Somehow, God has sovereign purpose behind abusive situations. Somehow, God has sovereign purpose behind family crisis situations. Somehow, God has sovereign purpose behind medical situations, behind tragedy situations. Listen, that just like each and every one of y'all do, I wrestle with the why of cancer. I wrestle with the why of miscarriages, of wrecks, of birth defects, betrayals, broken families. I wrestle with the why of those things. But even through that which he didn't cause, I have seen him take up and use. 
It's one of the greatest hopes that we have as God's people is that his power, his wisdom, and authority, which is his sovereignty, has never diminished, and he is more than able to do whatever he desires through whatever situation that develops within our lives for good. For good. In Hebrews chapter 11, we find a whole list of people that God, through his word, is commending for the faith that they had. And we see this be true in their lives as well, that they went through some situations. And they didn't know exactly how it was going to work out for good. They didn't know how in the world God had a plan or a purpose. They just knew that it was there and they trusted it. They knew that something better was coming as a result of all that they were facing. So listen to what the writer of Hebrews says about these people. He says in verse 13 that these all died in faith, died dead in faith, not having received the things promised. So they knew that there were good purposes, good plans, good promises that God had established that he says were coming, but they all died before they ever saw those things come to pass. But having seen them and greeted them from afar, so they knew they were there. They looked forward to a great hope, great anticipation, knowing that God was sovereign to bring these promises to pass, having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. And he goes on to say this later on in the chapter, what more shall I say of these people? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight, women received back their dead by resurrection. Some were tortured, refusing to accept release, so they might rise again to a better life. Others suffered mocking and flogging, even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, sawn in two. They were killed with a sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering about in deserts and mountains and in dens and in caves of the earth. And all these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised since God had provided something better for us that apart from us they should be made perfect. Why did these people go through all of that? It's because they trusted in the sovereignty of God who says regardless of all this stuff, I'm going to bring about something good. Something so great, something so magnificent, you can't even imagine the greatness of it. And just at the word of God's promise, saying that it was going to come a pass, they said, okay, that's good with us. And if we never see it, we're still going to trust it. Listen, the reality is, if God so chooses for you to go through things in this life that are such difficult, harsh, adverse, full of anguish type situations, yet never live to see the actual good that came from it on the other side, count it a joy to be given such a task and to still trust and know that even if my life ends having gone through this thing, that after my life is over and done with, the sovereign plan of God is going to continue to be executed, and somehow, some way, somebody is going to be impacted for his glory through my pain, through my hurt, through my situation, through my trial, through my suffering. And even in the places that aren't bad, it's not all bad, right? Not everything in life is a situation. 
Some situations are good situations. We can be joyful. We can be happy. Not everything in Joseph's life is a bad situation, right? I mean, he got to live in Potiphar's house. He got to live in Pharaoh's palace. Like he had moments of good in his life. It wasn't all prisons and pits and slavery. and all. Like he had good moments. Even in the places that aren't bad, we have to remember who it is that placed us there and keep in mind that there's a reason that I'm here now. There's a reason why God has me in this place now, good or bad. I want to point out something to you in verse 8. Chapter 45, it says that as Joseph was speaking to his brothers, listen to the real, this is the realization that, that God's sovereign in my situation. He says in verse 8, so it was not you who sent me here, but God. I think for some of you, things will start to come full circle when you start seeing your places as your placement. And it's not just random coincidence that I'm here. That it wasn't just some cosmic accident that led me to this point, that it was the sovereign hand of God that placed me here at this time, at this place, around these people for this specific season of my life because he is sovereign in all of my situations. He is sovereign in all of my places. Listen, it is, it is no mistake, not one, that you're sitting here tonight it's no mistake that you have decided to go to college or go to school at, at UNA or Northwest Shoals, wherever it is that you're at. It's no mistake that you have that job at that place right now. It's no mistake that God has you in the places that you're in. It is his sovereignty that has placed you there. So we have to keep in mind that this is, this is no, this is God. This is, he has gone before me. He has sent me into these places. Why? Because there's purpose somewhere. Somewhere in this there's purpose. It's my job to just keep trusting for him to make it known to me when the time is right. Joseph had the realization that whatever situation he found himself in, God's sovereignty was at work in those places. It didn't matter where he was at. Whether it was all the way back home when he was at daddy's house and he had his coat of many colors on, there was sovereignty in those moments. Whether it was him being sold by his brothers and tossed in the pit, there was sovereign action in those moments. Whether it was him being traded to those Midianites who took him down to Egypt, was led in the Potiphar's house, there was sovereignty in that situation. Whether it was a, a, a woman who tried to absolutely decimate his character and his integrity based off a lie, somehow, some way, God was sovereign in those situations. Whether it was him being in the prison and the cupbearer and the baker ending up there and having dreams, God was sovereign in those moments. Whether it was him being taken out of there and put into Pharaoh's house in his palace, God was sovereign in those moments. Joseph said, regardless of my situation, let me tell you boys what I've learned. is that God is sovereign over everything. Then he went on to have one other realization. And that was the truth that there was perfection even within the imperfections. Joseph comes to this realization that the presence of a perfect God was at work within his imperfect life. Very rarely, if ever, do we get to see God's plans and purposes as they're being carried out? Most times we only see them when they've been completed. That's the essence of a full circle moment. It's those moments in our lives where 
God has been at work the entire time. And then he brings us to a point where we can turn around and look back and see the fulfillment of all that he was doing. That's why I said very rarely in this life do we get to see God's plans and purposes as they're being carried out. Those are the follow me type moments where you don't know what all is taking place. You don't understand what's going on, but you just commit yourself to following faithfully the Lord's path for your life. And then at some point in time, he will give you that full circle moment where you turn back around and you look and he's like, oh, there it is. That's how you were moving. That's how you were working. That's what you were trying to get me to this entire time. These are the people you were trying to impact through me the entire time. This is the thing you were trying to teach me the entire time. I see it now. Like you've ever had those kind of moments. It's really amazing. It's really cool to look back and see and know, hey, the sovereignty of God, hey, he really was working things out. He really was active in my life. He really was just not leaving me uh, unread, like unopened. Like he really was moving and working and stirring in ways in which I didn't even see or know. All Joseph knew at the beginning of all this, we go all the way back to the very beginning. All he knew at the beginning of all this was that God had given him a dream. And from that moment on, man, his life was anything but perfect. All he knew was God had given me a dream. And then from there, everything went sour. Joseph has a dream. From there, We follow the timeline of his life. Afterwards, his brothers, they end up getting jealous. They end up selling him into slavery. He ends up getting picked up by Potiphar. After he's in Potiphar's house, what happens? Well, he encounters Potiphar's wife. And that woman had issues. Potiphar's wife sells him out. From there, what happens? Joseph finds himself back in the pit, back in prison all over again. And while he is in prison, guess who shows up while he's there? The cupbearer and the baker. And what do they have? Don't be laughing at my writing. I actually really do have pretty decent penmanship. I'm just not showing it right now. It's fine. I can prove it later. Really can. They show up and they have dreams. Wouldn't that just funny for a kid that has dreams to be in a prison with people having dreams? Regardless of that, the cupbearer and the baker, they get released. What happens to Joseph? Two years go by of them forgetting that he's there. After that's over with, they finally realize, oh my goodness, there was, Pharaoh starts to have dreams. So Pharaoh's having dreams and they realize, oh, this is guy in prison and we were there and he began to have dreams. He began to interpret us what our dreams were. And so finally, Pharaoh decides to release Joseph from prison. After he gets into Pharaoh's palace, he begins to interpret Pharaoh's dreams. So he lets him know this is what's going to happen. There's going to be famine in the land and here's how you need to prepare for it. And after all that takes place, Who shows up in the process? Joseph's brothers show back up. And so while they're there, Joseph lets them know, hey, I'm going to take care of you guys. They come down, and what do they do? They bow before Joseph, 
which takes us back to the dream that he had at the very beginning that this is exactly what his family members would do. And at the end of it, Joseph said, here's what I have realized, that you meant all this evil, but God turned it into something good. Why? So at the very end of it all, lives could be preserved. In other words, salvation could come, not just for you, but for all of your kids and for even many more people than you could even realize. It started with a dream. And it wasn't perfect by any means whatsoever, but it came back around full circle. And here's what Joseph realized. You know what a circle is? Let's do a little geometry lesson. By definition, here's what a circle is. A circle is a shape consisting of all points in a plane that are a given distance. This is the definition. From a fixed point. Maybe you don't see it yet. A fixed point in the very middle of the circle. So by definition, we classify a circle as being the culmination of all the points that surround the plane extending in an equal distance from this fixed point. Everything about Joseph's life from the moment that he had the dream was anything but perfect imperfections all around him. But what Joseph came to realize at the end of it all, he says, man, you guys did all this. Here's what I've come to realize. God was sovereign over it all. He was at work. He sent me before you. He knew this famine was going to happen. He placed me here. So you know what Joseph found out? He found out that God was his fixed point, that everything of his life circled around and he is the one who brought it all back full circle from the very beginning, the very thing that he promised. He says, God was the fixed point in all of this. You meant it for evil, but he turned it around for good. Get your circles back out. Look at that ugly thing. You know what? Free-handed, you'd never be able to draw a perfect circle. Here's what I want you to remember. I want you to look at that circle and I want you to consider that circle within the scope of your life. Our lives are full of imperfections. We can do our best to draw them out the best that we can to make our plans, to establish our ambitions, to chase after our dreams, but it's always gonna be full of dips and highs and lows and bends and curves. It's not gonna be pretty, it's gonna be ugly. Here's what I want you to remember. Right in the middle of all your imperfections is a fixed point of perfection, that being God at work within your imperfections to take all the events and the situations of your life to make them come full circle. Why? So you can see that this is about salvation. It's about your life being saved. It's about your soul being redeemed and not just yours, but those that he's placed you around. Joseph, at the end of it all, I, th I think he would have said, so, you, so you're telling me, you're telling me. I can just imagine him having a conversation with the brothers after this is over with. And we don't see this in scriptures, this is complete speculation. But I feel like at some point in time, they sat around the table and Joseph's like, let's think about this, guys. So you're telling me, you're telling me that I just so happened to be given a dream. That just so happened to make you guys jealous. That just so happened to get you so upset that you sold me into slavery. Where I just so happened to be picked up by a group of Midianites who just so happened to take me to Egypt, where I would just so happen to be bought by Potiphar, where I would just so happen to serve in his house and encounter this woman who meant all kinds of evil for me, who would just so happen to lead me to be placed in prison, 
where I would just so happen to run into two of Pharaoh's servants who have dreams, where I would just so happen to be given the opportunity to interpret those dreams, so that they just so happened would go back to Pharaoh's house and tell him that I had this ability that God had given me, and Pharaoh would just so happen to have dreams himself, and then remember me in prison, and I just so happened ended up in Pharaoh's house, and I just so happened was able to interpret his dreams, I just so happened to know that God says there's famine on the way, that just so happened led you guys back here because you didn't have any food, where it just so happened to work out that I was able to give you some, where it just so happened to work out that the entire family moved back here, where it just so happened to be that all of y'all would survive. You're telling me that's accident? You're telling me that's mistake? Joseph said, I'm telling you that's full circle sovereignty. Your, your life's not a mistake. The things that you've gone through, all the places that you've been, the things that you've endured. Man, hey, listen, God's sovereignty is so, we talk about it within the scope of a believer's life, but God's sovereignty is at work even in the lives of unbelievers, drawing them to himself. Just think about all the things of your life and what God might be doing in a full circle moment for you, even right now. fixed point or even if it was meant for evil you can turn it around for good and I pray that some of us might have a full circle moment tonight <laughs> we realize man this is not this is not coincidence like my life my my imperfect life my imperfect circle all these things that I've gone through, all these things that I've endured, it is not pretty, but I've come to realize that at the very center of it all was a fixed point, who is God, the creator of the universe, drawing me in love to himself, showing me that there is good to be done in and through my life for his will and for his purposes. What a full circle moment for Joseph. Maybe we can have one with him tonight.